0: SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering, real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com.
1: Is joint pain keeping you down? It's time to bounce back with the help of Uzu C B D Plus. That's Yu-Z-U-CBD Plus.com. Featuring gummies, delicious chocolates, capsules, and lotions. Uzu CBD Plus is your number one choice for all-natural pain relief. Tired of side effects from prescription pills? Take pain management into your own hands the natural way. Use the promo code BLESSING for 10% off your first order and free shipping on orders of $100 or more, plus products for pets too. Visit UzuCBDPlus.com today. Live from Sin City. Vegas, baby! Vegas! Vegas! It's Vegas Sportsbook Radio with Brian Blessing. I'm a soul man. All right, folks, hope everybody's doing well. It's Vegas Sportsbook Radio on a Wednesday. Brian Blessing in Las Vegas. Our number one, Bruce Marshall from the Gold Sheet's going to join me. Our number two, Stevie Slapshot's going to check in. Mark Lawrence from Playbook.com will be along as well. Glad to be with you. Kind of the NCAA tournament Come before the weekend Sweet 16, and we'll dive into the Sweet 16 in great detail with Bruce Marshall in just a little bit. Uh, we're looking forward to the weekend, too. The Bristol dirt race. That is going to be unbelievable uh, to see the stock cars racing around on the dirt at Bristol. And from a handicapping perspective, uh, as we get closer to the weekend, we'll take a look at that. The guys they're looking at are Kyle Larson, whose car is kind of a rocket sled right now, but he's really good on the dirt. But the other guy is Austin Dillon, who competed last week and won on the Bristol Bristol Dirt Nationals. And they were talking about him on the broadcast last week. Even Larson's talking about Dillon. So Austin Dillon, some different names could be up there, you know, trying to cash a ticket for you. Ryan Blaney won last week at twenty to one. The interesting interesting thing: there'll be a couple of practice sessions on Friday. There've been no practices in NASCAR and they're going to get a couple practice sessions in on Friday, and four 15-lap heats are actually going to determine the field. So that's going to be a fun one to watch for this weekend. Now, the NBA last night, you know, just quick rattle through some of the scores. Uh, you know, we'll let you know, they're back, and they're scoring buckets again in droves. The Nuggets beat the Magic on the road 110-99. How about the Knicks put up 131? That puts a smile on Chris Bavona's face face. 131-113. The Knicks beat the Wizards. Not much defense in that one. New Orleans knocks off the Lakers. 128-111. Phoenix gets a win at Miami. The Heat kind of groping at it right now. 110-100. 76ers 108-98 get a win at Golden State. And the late ones on the West Coast. It was Brooklyn with a 116-112 win over Portland. And there was big news Coming out of the NHL last night, and this is a big deal. Referee Tim Peel has been given a pink slip and showing his walking papers. This guy's been around forever. He was going to retire at the end of the season. He's retiring right now. Nashville's playing Detroit last night, and Peel calls a penalty. And here's the real rub. With no or few fans at these hockey games you can hear virtually everything that's out there especially the tv cameras or the mics they've got can pick up the sound and with 12:42 remaining in the second period this came from the nashville broadcast they actually heard the referee peel after calling the penalty say it wasn't much but i wanted to get an effing penalty against Nashville early. Yikes. Well, the league will have none of it. He's been shown the door. 1,334 games this guy had refereed coming into this year. And as I said, he was going to retire at the end of the year. Well, that's all she wrote. Colin Campbell, he's the vice president of hockey operations for the NHL. He said he will no longer be working NHL games now or in the future. There's a quote now from Campbell. Nothing is more important than ensuring the integrity of our game. Tim Peel's conduct is in direct direct contradiction to the adherence to that cornerstone principle that we demand of our officials and that our fans, players, coaches... And all those associated with our game expect and deserve. There is no justification for his comments, no matter the context or his intention. And the National Hockey League will take any and all steps to protect the integrity of our game. Wow. I mean, listen, the NBA had their Tim Donahue thing. And don't kid yourself, the sports betting aspect of this is a very, very big deal. And I can tell you that, you know, when I first moved to Las Vegas and worked over at the Las Vegas Sports Consultants, as the odds-making firm made the opening numbers, the professional leagues and the NCAA, they came to us and we were doing, like, security work for them, monitoring box scores and just, you know, always trying to keep tabs on things to make sure things were – good and on the up and up, and Vegas has always been the watchdog for any potential problems that could arise, but good gravy, man. What was Peel thinking here? The crazy thing is, the NHL has done such a better job, it used to be old hat and commonplace in the game eons ago, when there would be a questionable call in a game, and you would sit there and be watching the game going, well, just call it and get it over with, you knew the old makeup call was coming. And it used to be so common in the NHL. And the officials in this day and age, in a fast physical game, the makeup call is really, for the most part, a thing of the past. And the last thing the league needs is this kind of nonsense. So good on them. I mean, they acted quickly. And Tim Peel's no longer a referee in the NHL. We'll have a lot more on that. Bruce Marshall is going to join us from the Gold Sheet. We're glad to be with you. We're off to the races here on a Wednesday. Brian Blessing, Vegas Sportsbook Radio. Glad you're with us right here on the Sports Grid Radio Network and on Sirius Channel 204. Back to Vegas shortly.
0: SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
1: Is joint pain keeping you down? It's time to bounce back with the help of Uzu CBD Plus. That's Y U Z U CBD Plus.com. Featuring gummies, delicious chocolates, capsules, and lotions. Uzu CBD Plus is your number one choice for all natural pain relief. Tired of side effects from prescription pills? Take pain management into your own hands the natural way. Use the promo code BLESSING for 10% off your first order and free shipping on orders of $100 or more, plus products for pets too. Visit UzuCBDPlus.com today. You're listening to Vegas Sportsbook Radio with Brian Blessing on Sports Grid Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 204. All right, folks, we're back with you, Vegas Sportsbook Radio, Brian Blessing, and Bruce Marshall joining us from the legendary publication, The Gold Sheet. Hello, Bruce. How you doing, pal? Hey, pretty good, Brian. How are you? Outstanding. Waiting for the Sweet 16. We're going to dive into these games with you in just a little bit, but I just wanted to real quick talk to you about what... I was discussing in the first segment where the NHL wastes little time and reacts and fires referee Tim Peel. Basically, he calls a penalty on the Predators, and a hot mic picks him up saying, I wanted to get Nashville a penalty early, and the NHL dropped the anvil on him. And honestly, good for them because in the NHL, the NBA, NFL – all is lost if integrity is lost.
2: It is, and uh, beware the hot mic, I guess. I oh, mean, boy. If, <laughs> if Peel thought that, just think it. Just don't don't uh, say it so it could be picked up on a mic. Or I hope he wasn't just joking, and then uh, this is all being misconstrued. But, um, you know, well, it's the, a weird
1: – He's not getting, he's a not getting his hand. job back yet. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, the funny thing is, buddy, you know – we're old enough to remember and I alluded to this briefly and you'll remember the days. The NHL, it was famous. Like you would sit there, a call would be made, and you'd sit there and go, It's coming, the makeup call. And it was kind yeah. of a common and accepted practice that the makeup call is coming. And it's funny. That's been gone for a long time. I mean, it's a thing of the past. Um, the people, young people, watching the games today, what is he talking about? But that used to be a common thing. There'd be the makeup call, and it was an automatic, and you knew it was coming. The NHL doesn't do that anymore.
2: No, but there there is one thing about refereeing. I used to do be a a basketball ref, and we would back in the era when we had two refs uh, working games, which I still think they can do. I think three is overkill, but that's the problem or uh, it can be the problem, because if if you're a ref and you're not calling enough penalties, enough fouls in basketball, see, and the other ref or refs now, plural, are calling more than you, it's a human tendency to think, you know, uh, I don't want these guys looking like they're doing all the work. I want to start calling some uh, fouls, too. And it's just, sure. sort, it's just sort of human nature to do that, uh, which is why at least in basketball, I don't think they need the third ref uh, because it's the tendency to get too many uh, whistles blown. And uh, I, I don't know that uh, – I mean, hockey's had the same setup. I don't know that they've got more refs now than they used to have. But I, I could see that maybe being something – I don't think they have more refs. It's all It's been the same. But I, I could sort of see that being the same, but that's not what this Tim Peel case seems to be. This just seems to be well, him being
1: bad. <clears throat> well, back in the day – yeah, you'll remember some of these names like the Bruce uh Bruce Hood. Sure. Andy Van Helleman and Carrie sure. Fraser with the hair. Those yep. guys were alone. It was a one man referee. And yep. they didn't wear helmets. You know, they were people and you knew who they were. The referees now are like they're almost robotic in that there's a number on a jersey and you can't tell who's who for the most yep. part. But you bring up a great point. When we're betting on these things and we're watching the games, these guys, and I used to be a high school basketball referee too, Bruce, and, you know, you're a person out there and you're interacting with the participants. But we do see it in the NFL. I would say this. If there's a controversial pass interference call, I mean, you can call holding on almost any play in the NFL. If there's a controversial pass interference call, a lot of times in the not too distant future, and usually on that same drive, all of a sudden, oh, here's a holding call. <laughs> they, there yes. are, there are, they're human beings. They do try to sure. make sure the playing field's level. Sure. Yeah, they do, and
2: it, uh, it's just sort of human nature. And the more that, them you get out on the uh, field or the ice or the court, the more, <laughs> the more chance there is for that to happen. But in this case, I don't think the NHL had. Much recourse here. I mean, you can't have a referee saying stuff like that. I'm just surprised that he would. I mean, if you want to think that, all you had to do is, if you think it, just don't say it. But uh, uh, but <laughs> he would even be thinking that is 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 like crazy.
1: No, it, it, it's a it's a crazy situation. But the the NHL acted quickly. The one thing I would say, when they're talking about the integrity of the game and the betting aspect of it now, again even along the lines of the NFL now. And the injury report was always a thing that was tailored to the gamblers, even though they said it wasn't. And they put this face on where they ignored Vegas like it didn't exist, and it was this big evil. But now that they're all partners with all these either sports books or the fan duels of the world, you know they're involved in this now. So by extension, they are more cognizant, you would say, about the betting aspect of it, although they still try to kind of mask it. But the one thing that I think they've got to take care of, the coaches now all of a sudden are like, well, we're not going to tell you who the goalie is. Well, yeah. wait a minute now. You if you Do this stuff. Let's do this across the board. And then the upper body and lower body injuries and the hiding of injuries and things of that nature. It's such a gray area. But the goalies, Bruce... They're not telling you who the goalie is. That would be like Major League Baseball not telling you who the starting pitcher is. That's
2: unacceptable. It is unacceptable. The one thing we have to realize, and they're trying to sort of remove from this in all sports, is that these are humans playing it. These are humans officiating it.
1: Hey, Bruce, before we get into the game specifically coming up, and we'll do that in the next couple of segments, the Sweet 16, it was great to be – out and about and making the rounds and seeing people in the books. The mood and the atmosphere, I think, was clearly different. People were kind of nailed to their seats. Uh, But it's a starting point, right? I mean, we're getting back to the point where we maybe fans in arenas again and hoping we're trending the right way.
2: Yeah, it felt that way, uh, though, uh, March is a good promoter in Las Vegas because this has become... And, and we talked to people around town. I talked to... We had, oh, Derek uh, Stevens from the Circa when I was on a last week, and, uh, and he said, normally, he said, with non-pandemic time, uh, the, the, the basketball tournament has become a bigger deal in Las Vegas than the Super Bowl. Um, so we get an idea how big it is, and we saw some of it last week. Uh, but let's hope... Next year, we get uh, back uh, to a, a full dose the way it normally is. It's funny. Now it's going to be like it's been a couple of years since we've had one of these now in, in Las Vegas or, or in elsewhere where all the hotels would have the ballrooms and things like that overflows to watch these uh, games. Uh, none of them did that last week, but the sports books in general were uh, buzzed more than they have been in, in 13 months. So that was
1: nice. Well, and we're trending the right way, and like I said, we've got Allegiant Stadium sitting right here in Vegas, and that thing just sat there as this big cavernous Darth Vader-like thing with nobody in it. I mean, we got to get fans back. That's the next big step.
2: Yeah, and it's slowly of. Well, Texas is going to be doing some of that. I actually went to some games down when I was out in Florida a couple weeks ago, NBA game. They've been letting people in to see the Magic. About 20% capacity in the building, but they were still – some people there and you see some of these, uh, basketball, the, uh, tournament in, in, uh, Indianapolis, so there's a smattering of fans in there. That's better than nothing. Uh, but, uh, not what it will be next year. Hopefully.
1: All right. We're off to the races. Bruce Marshall from the gold sheet is with us. We've got the sweet 16 games that we're going to start to focus on, uh, dive into this. We've got a couple of games for all these teams under our belt. Well, with the exception of Oregon and we'll get, uh, a look ahead, get you the numbers, think where the numbers going to go as well. Glad you're with us on a Wednesday. It is Vegas Sportsbook Radio. As always, we're thrilled to be with you on Sirius Channel 204 and the Sports Grid Radio Network. Back to Vegas in a moment.
0: Com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
1: Is joint pain keeping you down? It's time to bounce back with the help of Uzu CBD+. Plus. That's CBD pluscom Featuring gummies, delicious chocolates, capsules, and lotions, Uzu CBD Plus is your number one choice for all natural pain relief. Tired of side effects from prescription pills? Take pain management into your own hands the natural way. Use the promo code BLESSING for 10% off your first order and free shipping on orders of $100 or more, plus products for pets too. Visit Plus.com today. Hey, folks, back with you here on Vegas Sportsbook Radio. Brian Blessing joined by Bruce Marshall from the Gold Sheet as we're ready to get things rolling here for the Sweet 16, Bruce. And the difference that we're going to see, and I asked the uh, sportsbook directors about this, instead of the primetime Sweet 16 on Thursday and Friday night, we go to the weekends, and now the Elite Eight games become primetime on Monday and Tuesday. So a little bit of an interesting dynamic that will take some getting used to. Yeah, and I didn't. uh, This is
2: all okay by us, especially since they pushed uh, the first round uh, back a little bit, too. So instead of Thursday, Friday, why not? Saturday and Sunday for the Sweet 16. um, And then uh, Monday and Tuesday make it a little bit more interesting um, as well. Um, You know, I I think the one thing that might stick, uh, or I think that they'll talk about sticking from the first week, was putting the entire first four in one day. Now, it might be a little tough if they want to do it in one venue. That would be four games. But uh, the, the first four days seemed to have a little bit more juice. Uh, to me, it felt like a real tournament day uh, with the four games last Thursday as opposed to just doing it as they normally would on two on Tuesday, two on Wednesday. It just seems to, that seemed to drag a little bit. But I thought that really popped last Thursday, and I just wonder how the ratings were on that. Uh, but, uh, no, this will be fine this weekend, and we'll uh, we'll get the games tipped off on Saturday.
1: All right. Let's go to the Sweet 16 matchups on Saturday. Baylor is six and a half, seven point favorites against Villanova. And the total in the game one forty and a half or one forty one. Villanova advances. They get through Winthrop, then North Texas, and you know this Baylor team has certainly looked the part with wins over convincing wins by twenty four over Hartford and then they, they thumped Wisconsin by 13. So clearly the Big Ten's been a big disappointment. And the, the Big 12's been nothing to write home about either, Bruce, but Baylor has looked the part. Yeah,
2: it finally did against Wisconsin, and uh, it's almost as shocking that the Big 12's just down to one team as well, although they didn't have as many teams lose as the Big Ten in the first round. I thought we'd have more than one Big 12 in the second round too, so that is a little bit confounding. In Baylor's case, it finally started to look... In the Wisconsin game, I think the way it did before uh, it had COVID pause, that took it out for most of February. You know, they had a um, three-week layoff there because of COVID protocols, and they came back, and they hadn't looked quite as sharp. Uh, In fact, they had only covered two of their next eight games. They suffered their only two losses of the season after they came back from the pause. But they finally started to get something going um, and uh, got the – this is an interesting matchup because Baylor, to me, when it's going wild well this season, looks more like Villanova championship team three years ago than any team in the field. A lot of threes, they lead the nation in three-point percentage. So Macy O'Teague and the rest uh, uh, can hit threes. They were having some trouble until the Wisconsin game, and then they finally put it together. Villanova got very fortunate, like you said, with the uh, matchups in the first round and uh, the fact that uh, you know Winthrop seemed to freeze on the big stage. North Texas wasn't really a second-round team. Without Colin Gillespie, I don't think Villanova hangs around much more, and I don't think they hang within this spread either against Baylor.
1: What about pace of play, Bruce, in the game, do you think?
2: Well, you you think both sides like to shoot uh, threes uh, a lot, but they haven't. Uh, I mean, Baylor is one of the top-scoring teams uh, in the country, so you're looking at this total around 140, 141, and that, to me, at first blush seems a little bit low. I don't think Jay Wright is going to want to. He's going to want to try to control the tempo a little bit more. Uh, it, it, speaking of more, Moore, he got Justin Moore back at least, the other guard who will run the point uh, in uh, Gillespie's absence. So I think the total looks a bit low, just given that the two teams like to shoot threes slots. Baylor does score about eighty-four points per game, so it's one uh, forty-ish. Looks a little low.
1: Interesting matchup. With Arkansas laying 11.5 or 12 against Oral Roberts. Total in the game, let's call 159 the consensus, Bruce. And listen, Arkansas beats a good Colgate team. I think a big win over Texas Texas Tech, who's going to be a tough out, well coached by Beard. Those are two tough wins for them. And Oral Roberts is a wonderful story when you look at them. First of all, taking out Ohio State by three. The Florida game, they were down. Florida kind of beat themselves, I thought, Bruce. They were stepping on their neck, and all of a sudden they pulled out and kind of went to a half-court game for no reason and took themselves out of rhythm. But Oral Roberts in the close games, the impressive thing is they knew how to win. Yeah. And it's, it's a big deal there now. And tell
2: us, I mean, heck, you're going to Kathy Lee Gifford might show up to sing here. I mean, she she's an Oral Roberts grad. She's all excited. And uh, it's funny. I run into some people around town here. Who don't even know who Oral Roberts was. This is, we're getting kind of old here and they just think it's the name of a place. <laughs> <laughs> so I say expect a miracle that they don't know. Now it, it, they got a grade one two punch with max a Smith. B is silent. So maybe I should, change my name. It's not Bruce. It's Bruce Marshall, but, um, Ace-Mas and O'Banner, that is a great one, two punch. Now here's the interesting thing. These teams met in the regular season back in December, landed right in 11, 87, 76, Arkansas, Arkansas trailed that game at halftime by 10 points. Uh, and they really did a pretty good job, uh, keeping, uh, Ace-Mas in check. He only scored 11, uh, that day, one for six from, from three point land. But, Arkansas also wasn't shooting threes very well that day only four for 24 in that first game what they've got Arkansas is a very balanced lineup and it's all transfers except in, and and then the freshman Moody almost all transfers and the freshman Moody who is outstanding give Derek Musselman a lot of credit this is the way it goes now especially next year is going to go in hoops a lot of transfers in and mixing them in well Arkansas will outrace uh or Roberts Arkansas's got more pop than uh, Florida um, and Ohio State, I think. So I think Arkansas gets there. the eleven. That was a little bit too tricky. It also landed 150, uh, 163, The first uh, meeting, this one's at one fifty nine. You would think it probably could go over, but these games have not been all trending over in the tournament thus far. So I might be a little hesitant here. I think this one is—they got this one put just about right at eleven at one fifty nine.
1: I can't wait to see this. How about Oregon State? Loyola of Chicago, Loyola six-and-a-half point favorite. The total is 125-and-a-half. And And I'm telling you, when you watch Loyola of Chicago, they uh, get the win over Georgia Tech, 71-60, and then just frustrated the Illini, won the game 71-58. Let's just start on their side because both of these teams, you know, you're looking at an 8 seed and a 12 seed. But this Loyola of Chicago offense, Bruce, it's spectacular in the Krautwig kid to have a big man that can really be the focal point of distributing the ball from the foul line extended. It's a weapon that we don't see a lot in basketball anymore.
2: Yeah, and uh, Porter Mosier is doing a great job with this team. And you mentioned Kroutwig, but. Uh, the offense really runs through him now. And when they were in the final four three years ago it, it ran through the guards mostly. But you're right. They have been able to slide him between the high and low posts and he spends a lot of time up at the high post there where you can get you know, his passing ability. You know, if they scored assists in in in, in basketball the way they do in hockey, the two pass assist, uh he'd have more assists than he does. Old Loyola is great at that. Um, but he's he's a great passer up there. The guards are functional. Williamson was another kid who was around in the uh, tournament a couple of years ago. So we've got final four experience. Mosier did a great job in Illinois. It was mainly on the defensive end. Though. This team really locks you down. That's the first thing Loyola does when they prepare is how you defend a team. And the way they they, they blitzed that high pick and rolled that Illinois uh, kept trying over and over and over again and just blew it up. Um, and Mosier knows what he's doing. Here's a problem. though, Oregon State is has hit a high note here. This team is extremely athletic. Um, it's, you know, in the first round of the Pac-12 tournament, though, they were down, what, 16 to UCLA at that point, they would have been about 2 million to 1 to get here, I think. But what you have seen is, is everything start to work for them. And extreme, this, this transfer, um, know, a Lake-ish from uh, from Nickel State, is extremely athletic, and Thompson's a great player. This number's too high, I think. And, uh, Oregon state, I think is pretty, I don't know that they'll win, but it's too many points and, uh, historians will find this interesting. Oregon state almost got to meet Loyola in the 1963 final four, got there, lost to Cincinnati in the semifinals. Mel counts the star of that team. Slat skills, one of his last teams at Oregon state.
1: They finally meet. it can be close, Brian. It can be close. All right. I mean, Oregon state really just put it all together, and they're the team riding the wave in the hot hand. Syracuse and Houston, Houston 6, totals 140 and a half. Bruce, every year, it's amazing. You almost set your watch to it. The controversial team, more often than not, rewards the committee's faith in them. People thought Syracuse, whether they were even getting in, was a question mark. And then to not be in one of the first four games drove people nuts. But Syracuse, here they are again. Yeah, uh, here we go, and uh, uh, they've
2: been extremely efficient here. It's funny, uh, Syracuse is not a great team this year, but this is the sort of team that Jim Boeheim, uh has uh, has done before uh, and, and made, made a run into the Sweet 16, and uh, they were an underdog in both those games. And one, his son has really uh, picked up the pace here. He's scoring at a pace uh, better than Carmelo Anthony did, actually, when am one is one championship in 2003 um i wonder though at houston here houston maybe the Rutgers matchup was just really really uh, tough for them there um they're going to need dijon gero a very important wing for them who's been battling this hip injury to start their shooting a little bit better houston's defense is extremely tough um, we'll, we'll, they're going to have to. We'll see how they can deal with Syracuse. I thought this total looked a little bit high, given that the defensive prowess on both sides. You're talking about 140, mm-hmm. uh, and that six looks a little high. The way Syracuse is playing. So my thought here, under and maybe uh, maybe the Qs. maybe they do get to the Elite Eight. Though I think Houston probably survives close.
1: All right, there you go. You always get that two-three zone, and it can be confounding when teams go up against it uh, for the first time. There's Saturday. We're going to take a look at Sweet 16 action on Sunday. That's coming up next with Bruce Marshall on Vegas Sportsbook Radio.
0: Sportsgrid.com Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com
1: is joint pain keeping you down? It's time to bounce back with the help of Uzu CBD+. Plus. That's Y-U-Z-U-C-B-D-plus.com. Featuring gummies, delicious chocolates, capsules, and lotions, Uzu CBD Plus is your number one choice for all natural pain relief. Tired of side effects from prescription pills? Take pain management into your own hands the natural way. Use the promo code BLESSING for 10% off your first order and free shipping on orders of $100 or more, plus products for pets too. Visit Plus.com today. You're listening to Vegas Sportsbook Radio with Brian Blessing on Sports Grid Radio, Sirius XM Channel 204. Hey folks, back with you, Vegas Sportsbook Radio. We're talking about the Sweet 16 Brian Blessing and our buddy Bruce Marshall from the Gold Sheet. Right out of the gate, Bruce, tell the folks how they can get all your goodies. Thanks, Brian. Check us out online at GoldSheet.com. Now we got the tournament basketball. It's a new
2: issue every day, and that includes uh, NIT later this week and uh, all these other games. And the first of course, the March, the big dance on the weekend. GoldSheet.com. My picks are also up there. They're also at Vegas Insider and DonBest.com.
1: All right. Big boy basketball here on Sunday. Michigan laying three against Florida State. The total on the game, Bruce, is 144. This one should be interesting. Yeah, it should. And the Big Ten, yeah, I mean, I, I thought the Big Ten
2: was probably overrated into the tournament. I didn't expect it to collapse like this. I mean, it's been, uh, you know, it, it, it's performed, Big Ten has performed about as smoothly in the tournament as the uh, Apollo 13 command module. I mean, it has been that bad. And, uh, you know, we got, we got eight, eight teams out after the first weekend. Um, and uh, Seth Davis sounded like uh, he was the most relieved man in America. He's an ACC guy. I'm not sure why he loves the Big Ten so much, but when Michigan won the other day, he had them all back in the Final Four. Uh, I I thought that LSU beat itself in that game. LSU had that game going well, but the decision-making down the stretch, the shot decisions, especially Cameron Thomas, the freshman, he forgot he had four teammates on the floor. Michigan was ripe to be beaten in that game. Um, Isaiah Livers, their best player, is still out. Um, and you know they did not get the number against Texas Southern in the first game, and uh, they were on the ropes in the second game. This will be a tougher test for them, Florida State. To me, the big uh, the ACC only up represented by Florida State and Syracuse. So how much for the big, big, big boys here? But um, it looks like uh, Florida State is a typical sort of a Leonard Hamilton team. They've got a lot of length. They can uh, speed you up or slow you down as they as they need to uh, go. They've got scoring balance. And uh, frankly, I think they're a better team maybe than Michigan. So uh, to be getting a couple of points is interesting here. Hamilton has never been to the final four. This is, I think, his. this is a shot he's got this year. And I think Florida State takes out Michigan minus its most uh, effective player on Sunday.
1: You know, Bruce, just talking it out, Michigan State against, well, I mean, LSU, I wouldn't say necessarily weaker foe. You said LSU could have beaten them. But Michigan's been involved in higher scoring games. Florida State against Georgetown, or excuse me, against uh, North Carolina, Greensboro, and Colorado. They were in lower scoring games. I mean, Colorado went nuts from three point land in their first game, couldn't shoot it in the ocean in game number two. But the versatility of Florida State makes me think this could be a game that's sneaky in terms of a high scoring aspect.
2: It could be. Um, you know, and you look at the Colorado game against Florida State. Um, uh, the other day on uh, on, on Monday, and it, Colorado really had some problems in that game. This is a team that came in pretty hot. Uh, only thirty six percent from the floor, nineteen turnovers. They just there just wasn't anywhere for Colorado to look. They missed shots. So I mean, if you can step back and bury those some of the deep balls, maybe you can overcome that. But Florida State provides all sorts of problems. They they jam the passing lanes, they are quick and they are they are are, are big and it is gonna be a real challenge to deal with these guys when Florida State has looked good this year, has looked really good. So I'd be very reluctant here to give Michigan a look. I really would.
1: Then we go to Gonzaga Lane, thirteen and a half against Creighton. The total is one fifty eight and a half and we get a couple of boat races From the Zags, Oklahoma hung around for maybe the first half of the first half, and then it was over after that. But here we go with Creighton, a really well-coached, efficient team in the half-court offense. Uh, Don't sleep on that win over Ohio because Ohio was playing good basketball coming in. The one thing I guess, Bruce, laying this big number, I think Gonzaga, these numbers are inflated. And they have been stepping on everybody's neck. But ultimately, if you believe they're going to cut down the nets, I don't care who you are. Whoever wins the NCAA tournament, somewhere on the road to winning it, they get pushed and have to find a way to survive. The question is, is this that game? Uh, No, I
2: don't think it is. I think it's going to come Saturday. uh, or I'm sorry, Saturday. Uh, It'll be Tuesday um, Tuesday, against uh, USC or uh, Oregon not these guys. Uh, Creighton is very, very fortunate to be here. Should not have beaten UC Santa Barbara or could easily have lost that game in the first round. And, uh, Ohio all of a sudden couldn't shoot in that game. And Jason Preston, their best player, who's an NBA caliber guard, one for 10. And he had open looks and they just weren't falling. And that's happened sometimes. Uh, Creighton is not going to put up as much of a fight as Oklahoma did, uh, on Monday. Oklahoma was still hanging around. They were the nine with, a little over about two minutes to play, and that uh, that sequence right at the end pushed the num the final score over the t- over their spread. Um, but uh, Creighton's not going to be able to do it. Zagorowski is a pretty good point guard, and he's got some wings who can shoot around him. But they're going to get outgunned here. You're going to see some talk uh, if Jalen Suggs, the Gonzaga a freshman, a point guard, wants to come out. Uh, that might be the first pick in the draft, not Cade Cunningham for Oklahoma State, who I think is a tad overrated. So, Suggs is not, and this is the difference between this and all other Gonzaga teams in the past to get arguably the best freshman in the country. And I'll say that. I think this kid's better than Cunningham. Uh, he's changed the dynamic so much for this team. He's so good. Um, and uh, the, the supporting they may have three or four, I mean, Ayi and, and Nemhard, not to mention Kispert and Timmy. You might have five first round picks on this team. They, there's a lot of talent there. This will not be the challenge for uh, Gonzaga. It will come, I think, in the Elite Eight.
1: You know, it's one game, right? And you wouldn't go overboard. Everybody can have an off night. But I, I'm i with you. I watched Cunningham, and he just looks like he's – I mean, he'd he knocked down shots. I, he just seemed way comfortable in his own sneakers uh, in, in that last game. And I, I'm on board with you with this kid's upside Suggs. Yeah, Suggs is uh Suggs really is
2: an all-around player, and it's uh, you know you get a guard like that to control things. You're right. Yeah, Cunningham. Listen, people, Cunningham only made forty-two percent of his shots inside the arc this year. He's a better three-point shooter than I thought, but he's not as uh, he's not that athletic, or he's going to be able to create a, all of his own shots. Suggs is athletic, and he's smart, and he's able to really drive this offense, and the the pieces just fit very perfectly here for uh, for Mark Few. This will not be the challenge; it will come after I think in the Elite Eight.
1: This is a really interesting game with USC laying two and a half. The total is 139. pac Pac-12's kind of been the talk of the tournament here. Now, there are a couple things in play, Bruce. Oregon, they get a walkthrough in the first game. They don't even have to play against VCU. Off a long layoff, they were worried about the first five minutes of the game. They went bananas, and they just destroyed Iowa. And USC then played after them. And USC looks spectacular against Kansas, and I think the numbers a function of USC was the last thing people saw. The numbers two and a half. I've talked to a few guys; they think the numbers should be closer to pick. But what a ball game coming up!
2: Yeah, it is. And these teams, uh, you know, people are wondering what's been going on here at the Pac-12. And I, well, I'll tell you what: it's it's a it's a transfer league now, and uh, this uh, no two schools have benefited more from that than SC and Oregon. They're getting a lot of these kids come in there for one year, and and they're coming in there as like like men. Uh, um, You know, Oregon, the the big kid uh, from Rutgers, Figueroa from St. John's showing up. Um, I don't know the Figueroa, I mean, he may have been a regular transfer and would have sat out this year, but the COVID thing, and all of a sudden he could get in there and play. USC, uh, Tajidi, the guard, he's on his third school, Southeast Missouri, Santa Clara, and here he is showing up at, at SC. And Edie is the, Eddie is the one who who put the, uh, the the game last month at Galen Center on him where he hit about, what, six or seven threes in the first half and SC jumped out to a 15 nothing lead and won that thing handily. So if SC hits threes like they have did in the first Oregon game and like they did against the Jayhawks on Monday night when they hit 61% beyond the arc, they're going to be very tough to beat. And I'm talking about Gonzaga, too. And both of the Mobleys, not just Evan, but his brother Isaiah, they give them a lot of size and versatility with their bigs. So, you know, Oregon's going to have to play as well as it did against Iowa to beat these guys. Um, and I think, uh, you know, that first meeting, a little bit of an outlier, but the SC did blow these guys out. So that's something that they Holtman's got to think about.
1: The total at 139, just based on what we had seen from these teams through the first weekend, it just looks low. How spot-on are the odds-maker here? Is there an element of familiarity that brings this total at 139? Yeah, and the first game,
2: because it only went, uh, what, 72 to 58. um, So that game landed uh, pretty far uh, under. But I I think that's the last game that Oregon has had that has gone under. They're eight straight over. That's why I really missed that D C U game. Uh, on Saturday because I thought that was a great overspot there because Oregon's been going over so much. And USC has been mostly going over uh, since the Pac-12 tournament. They've been over three or four. Uh, so it, it does look uh, – it looks like they could – they should be able to clear this. It's a little bit low, I think, just because of that first meeting landed so much beneath it.
1: All right, then UCLA and Alabama. Bama's laying six. The total's 144.5. You know, I just look at this, Bruce. A, you're riding the hot hand that the Pac-12 has. UCLA, we see it. We've seen it before. A first-four team really gets some momentum with the hard-fought win over Michigan State. But the last game was just, they just dominated Abilene Christian, who was just overmatched in that game. But Bama gets their wins against Iona and Maryland. And... I don't know that they got all legged up for this matchup either. Well, this one is,
2: uh, you know, the, the matchup here, I, I UCLA has surprised me um, that the, they've played that. Well, I think everything sort of the whole tournament sort of turned around in that Michigan state UCLA game. And that started the big 10 and it's a downward spiral in the pac 12 sort of on the, on the ascent and, um, UCLA, the depth has is always isn't has not been as much of an issue in the tournament, minus Chris Smith and Jalen Hill, and that were those are two key, two key guys. Uh, Smith's been out since early January for for Mick, um, but it, toward the end of the regular season, UCLA was blowing leads late, and the depth was an issue. But in the dance, remember they, they, all these timeouts, and they take the timeouts last a little bit longer for the TV, so it's easier to 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 get your rest. And UCLA has been able to pick up with these. With uh, Campbell on the two wings, uh, you know Juzeing and uh, and Yaquez are playing extremely well. What Alabama does is the sort of team. USC was a tough matchup for UCLA this year. Texas would have been a tough tougher matchup than Abilene Christian because of the length. And Alabama's got that all across the floor. It's a very versatile lineup. Uh, they're about six five across on the perimeter. Um, they're not a a super big team, but they are lengthy and they are kind of big on the perimeter. And they play small ball with Herb Jones at center. He's one of the best players in the country. He fits that small ball mold. I don't think UCLA beats these guys. I think Alabama could still win the whole thing. I like the versatility of the lineup. Nate Oates has pushed all the right buttons. He's a brilliant coach. And I think Alabama gets the final four and out of this region. So mm-hmm. uh, the sixth, though, makes, it, makes me pause a little bit, though. But I think Alabama does win.
1: All right. I mean, really... I mean, people kind of know about the guy, but it really is a coming-out party for Nate Oates, who just wins everywhere he goes. The one thing you get with Bama, uh, they love to shoot the three, and if you have a cold shooting night, it it can get dicey. But, boy, he's done an amazing job down there. Bruce Marshall always does an amazing job. The gold sheet is great information. Bruce, it's always a treat, sir. Thanks for taking time to join us today. Very good, Brian. Enjoy the games this weekend. He's Bruce Marshall from the Gold Sheet. We're going to come back and put a lid on this edition of Vegas Sportsbook Radio. Keep it right here on the Sports Grid Radio Network and Sirius Channel 204.
0: SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
1: Is joint pain keeping you down? It's time to bounce back with the help of Uzu CBD+. Plus. That's Y-U-Z-U-C-B-D-plus.com. Featuring gummies, delicious chocolates, capsules, and lotions, Uzu CBD Plus is your number one choice for all natural pain relief. Tired of side effects from prescription pills? Take pain management into your own hands the natural way. Use the promo code BLESSING for 10% off your first order and free shipping on orders of $100 or more, plus products for pets too. Visit Plus.com today. Hey, we're back with you on Vegas Sportsbook Radio, and just want to let you know you can manage your joint pain the all-natural way with Uzu CBD+. Plus. Go to Uzu, Y-U-Z-U, UzuCBDPlus.com. Use the promo code BLESSING, and you get 10% off your first order. Free shipping on orders of $100 or more. You know, hey, the COVID news, which is kind of a daily thing in sports now, the NFL and the union are talking about what the off-season work structure is going to be. The owners, the coaches clearly want to have in-person off-season workouts this spring, but they're still having discussions, and it may end up being, again, just because of where we stand with the pandemic, that a lot of this is going to be virtual meetings, and they found a way to get through and give us an entertaining football season last year. But we are hoping we're turning a corner, and that's going to be a pretty – interesting little situation how they're going to be able to manage this and then we've got of course the draft coming up so the nfl never out of sight out of mind and on the covid front happy to say good news he sounds like he's all smiles our producer chris bavona shot one shot two in the books you're good to go man one shot two shot i'm all done i'm excited (laughs) and i'm happy so i got two more weeks And then uh, I'm pretty much uh, technically free. You know, I still got it. I'm still going to be cautious. I'm still going to be, you know, I'm not like, you know, going out and like going to like jump into like a freaking like rave or something like that. But um, (laughs) my dad and I, my my dad and I are going to go to a a Yankees Tampa Bay Rays game uh, in April. So we're excited about that. Oh, man. I mean, honestly, something to look forward to, right? Exactly. That's uh, I'm. I'm really looking forward to that. My dad's actually like really stoked about going. So, you know, that was even more important to me. All right, man. Well, we got something to look forward to. That is our number two of Vegas Sportsbook Radio. When the one, the only Stevie Slapshot jumps into the fray with us, and we always love our midweek conversations with our good friend Mark Lawrence from Playbook.com. Short break. Hour number two. Don't go anywhere. Coming back to Vegas, Vegas Sportsbook Radio. Right here on the Sports Grid Radio Network in Sirius Channel 204. Stick around.